And welcome back. We're back a week early. This is the Day Before Podcast, Episode 2. I am your host, Brandon Hargrave. I got the sweetest, smoothest voice in podcasting to my right, Ty Hancock's in the building. How are we doing today, Ty? Doing great. Back in action today after a full week off. Full week. We were excited to get back. Um, Zach is out of town this week. But we thought we found, uh, we went up north and found a nice replacement for him. So we have David Borlack. King of the North, late to the party. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the party's just getting started, all right? Um, first off, we want to thank everybody who listened to episode one. Um, a lot of good feedback that we got, and we really appreciate everybody coming out to support us. I know most of that is our Oregon NBA family, um, our regular family and friends. Um, so thank you, everybody that came in. And it was brought to my attention that we never explained why we're called The Day Before Podcast. Um, my co-host here today, I actually don't know either. So I'll try to do this. I was just pumped <laughs> to get on air. I'll be honest with you. I had no clue why. <laughs> I'll do it very quickly. Um, I went to St. Mary's College of California for my undergrad and a group of buddies, Zach included, uh, Jordan and Noah. We were in a ton of groups together and we as a joke, started the day before productions to make fun of the fact that teachers would always tell us you can't start a project the day before it's due. Um, and so we did, and we would get 93 every time. So day before productions was is the name of the company that we're going to start. So if anybody tries to steal it, this is recorded, and we'll sue. Um, and TM. so <laughs> Yeah, patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> day before productions, LLC. Um, and so when we were talking a couple weeks ago, we decided to do the day before podcast to keep the letters DBP and kind of put that under our umbrella of day before production. So that is the very short story of why we are the day before podcast <laughs> and now we can get started. <laughs> yeah, I almost went, uh, I almost went shirtless for this episode of the podcast. Wanted to model it after uh, DK Metcalf going into his Seahawks interview. Did y'all see that? I was going to do more of the Pete Carroll with his shirt off kind of approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I decided not to. I mean, different uh, different physicalities here. Well, yeah, he's um, he's a, he's a specimen. <laughs> yeah. Is he the closest thing we have to LeBron? I don't know. I think he's more jacked than LeBron, personally. Interesting. We'll have to – ho- hopefully they can bring back sports science and tell us who's more jacked. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to get started today um, with the news that a recording has come out of Tyreek Hill. They have reopened his case and the Chiefs have barred him from, you know, talking with the team and, and being a part of the team. At the moment, he's not cut. Um, so we want to discuss the difference between Kareem Hunt's case and Tyreek Hill's case. And are the Chiefs handling this correctly? Do the Chiefs need to cut ties now? Um, is this, I mean, there's slightly different issues. This is him and his son versus... Cream Hunt and the the woman that he was uh, with with at that hotel. So should that be different though? I don't I don't know. I mean, I think that how we parent um, is everybody has different parenting styles. Obviously, there's you that's te- true. But when you start threatening, your, when you start saying that, when you start talking about abuse, abuse is different than disciplining your kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but again, I think that it's. We, I mean, the we have Adrian Peterson's case too a couple years ago. And mm, yes, we do. That. So, um, I think there's precedent for it, but um, I think it's a, it's, I mean, it, it's still murky, right? Because we don't know, or at least I don't know the exactly what happened. Um, he was cleared of this case before the audio came out, 
Um, so obviously there wasn't a ton of evidence beforehand. Um, in the audio, I think um, she mentions like, why would you do this? And the kid is saying that you did this and why would he lie? Um, so I don't know if there's anything saying he directly that he did it, but I think the Chiefs probably are moving in the right direction and I think he will probably eventually get cut. Yeah, because this, this uh, audio was just released. So the case was closed and then the audio was released reopened, right? Yeah, very convenient timing for that audio to be released, actually, which is interesting. Because I feel like... So what do you think this, about that? I, I mean, if somebody had this audio, I don't think that the timing worked out perfectly, right? The case gets dropped and then, oh, we found this audio. So I think somebody had that audio waiting and I, I just, I don't know why it wouldn't be released earlier. Um, That's been seen in the media a lot lately, actually, Yeah, about waiting for the opportune time to drop a bombshell news story. And I think that's a whole nother topic in and of itself of do the people dropping these uh, videos and sound bites and recordings, do they have more of a responsibility to not necessarily wait for the opportune time, but to actually report it and, and, and get the news out there as opposed to trying to make it go viral or boost their own credibility or their own, uh, their own reputation, you know? Well, I wonder if the person who actually dropped the audio clip was hoping for the fact that it would be an open and shut case. Yeah. Like it would be more yeah, obvious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder how long they had that. How long they... Or or if it was strategic, unless it was... It may have just been that the... It was a super... They recently got the recording and then dropped it when they could. Do we know how the recording was actually found or even delivered or anything like that or is it just there's a recording so obviously we have from last week we didn't have much fact checking but now we're actually starting to think about doing more of that for this week i'm assuming because yeah Ty, ty's looking at stuff right now yeah i'm, I'm fact checking today you because can, last week we had a couple things we needed to look at but today i'm on it you guys can't give away the sauce all right what we do in, our, in, in the podcast room is our business uh yeah actually i um, mean we research these for hours in advance um i mean even <clears throat> then i don't necessarily think it matters how the recording like who had the recording how it came out obviously i mean if that's a phone call between the two it's either i'm, I'm gonna assume he wasn't recording um so it's again i think the timing of this is interesting um but I think that he has like you have. To, I think he will get a second chance, um, regardless. I don't think it'll be with the Chiefs. But I mean, Kareem Hunt is going to miss eight games next year. But his talent is good enough, and he's young enough that another NFL team was willing to take a shot with him. So, well, with the trend in the NFL, it's you scrutinize the team that has the current player going through the current situation, and as soon as they're finally released or let go, and the next team picks them up. The team that eventually picks them up looks like a hero for picking up a great talent. Yeah. Example, Kareem Hunt and the Browns. Yeah, I mean, which is backwards, right? Like Completely. Um, and, and again, I'm not against people having a second chance and another opportunity, but I think we see too clearly or too many times that it's just like it's important that as a if you're the team that has the player when an incident goes down, it's almost like it's bad PR for you. So you have to do the right thing, but another team just gets to be the you know pick somebody up and be like, oh yeah, well we we believe in him. There we you know we can rehabilitate him, and 
you know, our system is different. If it's, you know, you go to the Patriots a lot of these times, I feel like. Um, so <laughs> are the, is the, is the team that currently holds that player though? Are they not allowed to do that? Are they not allowed to rehabilitate internally? That, their player? That, and that would be my question. Like if this is just going to be like, for example, Kareem Hunt, if Kareem Hunt is going to be an eight game suspension and the league is fine with him coming back and playing, then why can't that be with the chiefs? Like the chiefs yeah, yeah. as an organization didn't do anything wrong. They have nothing. They have no tie to this player outside of you know these lines um and they're not responsible for his actions per se so like why can't the suspension be served on that team and you just keep going with what you have well i mean it depends on the case as well for instance josh gordon getting suspended for something completely different yes but getting suspended for something where maybe the browns felt they could help rehabilitate him or help with his rehabilitation process yeah versus the chiefs might have felt this is a lost cause. There's nothing we can do here. And we don't want to be the ones that are dealing with bad blood by any means. Yeah. Um, but I guess to that point, though, is you, you stick with Josh Gordon for as long as they did. Um, and you finally cut him. And it's not like he would do great in the Patriots. Again, he's out of the league again. He just re-signed his tender. So if he does come back, it will be with the Patriots. But, you know, if he, he's not like he's signing a huge deal. And it's going to cost you a lot of money. So I think you could really set a precedent with him and being like, the league cares about its players past just what you can do. Like, if you have a problem, it shouldn't necessarily matter if you are, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league when sober or, you know, just healthy in general and, and can play. It shouldn't really matter. Like, it should, the, the health of the player should be more important and the league should take, you know, some stance on making sure that they have the best players and the players are in the right mindset and on things of that nature. I mean, the most important thing is that they're role models and they're good citizens. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if they are abiding by federal and state laws, then that's more important than them just being a great talent. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I think this, this case is not just a an NFL thing. Well, I guess both of these these players are in the NFL, but you have the case with with Bosa and Simmons that have some trouble. Class Simmons is uh, he had a, a video drop as he gets drafted, where he was hitting a woman when he was in high school, um, and then Bosa had some comments regarding his feelings on Kaepernick's protests. Um, both players are signed. I think that for the most part, Bosa's comments kind of got. Swept under the rug, he did have to address it, and you know I thought he addressed it well. Um, but I guess, what do we think about the video of Simmons dropping as he gets drafted, and ESPN is talking about that, and then showing his video instead of his highlights, and and kind of talking about what he's done. Um, I guess the rest of his time in high school and in college. Well, to start off, um, for those of you that don't know, both Bosa and Simmons were first round picks that were just drafted yeah. fairly recently, and. With regards to Simmons, I'm really surprised that they aired that. Um, I thought that there was quite a lot that could have been done on Simmons' um, side with regards to his agents, uh, his group, um, to really focus in on what can they do to make sure that his night is his night, especially with regards to how long ago it happened. Um, There's quite a few things that I think surprised me about it. Um, just because I'd never seen that before in any draft where they just, instead of showing highlights of what he did in college, 
that was the focus. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting too, because this is, you know, potentially the biggest night of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that what he did was right or wrong. I mean, obviously it's wrong, but, you know, if this hasn't surfaced for this long, um, at what point do you, you know, do you think that he's maybe moved past this? At what point is he rehabilitated or rehabilitated and, and you know, maybe matured and, you know, is this going to happen again? We don't know, but I think you have to. If we're if we're giving people second chances, I think at some point you have to give them the benefit of the doubt, and can you don't want to hang this over his head continually, um, just because I don't think that is something that's going to help his growth. And if he's done it, you know, from what I heard about him in college, he was a model citizen. You know, he's respectful for everybody, um, and he didn't have another incident. Um, so I think. You know, his body of work and his actions are, are speaking for themselves and we hold him accountable for what he did. But I think that it was a little distasteful for ESPN to air it. I think it's fair for them to talk about it and discuss maybe that's why he dropped a little bit. And, you know, he had some issues in his past, but he seems to have kind of fixed that. Um, but I don't know. I think for me, it was that could be a conversation or a video that was shown another day. Totally. And I think that. Um, at the same time, he's not the first draft pick to have a troubled past. No. And there's been audio clips released um, in other avenues as well as video clips released by other media outlets, but not during the draft. Yeah. So that that's one of the main reasons why I was surprised at it. Um, but I guess, did you want to talk more towards Bosa and what's going on with him? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Bosa called Kaepernick a clown. Um and he seemed to have retracted those statements. And, you know, I guess maybe as he got more information as to, like, what the reasoning for Kaepernick's protest was and and things of that nature, he seemed to have changed his tune. Um, and the Niners seemed to be fine with it. Um, I think it's interesting that he gets drafted by the Niners, which is Kaepernick's old team. So um, it's kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all, <laughs> it, it, I mean, that was what fell to them. And. I don't think I fault them for drafting him at all. I mean, he could be a really good player based on what he did at Ohio State, and his brother is really good with the Chargers. So um, I don't have a problem with them drafting him. I just think that optically it looks very interesting that you kind of have um, someone who's outwardly who outwardly uh, protested against Kaepernick, which he is, you know, very, um, very, uh, which he's allowed to do. It's not a problem with that. Um, but to have the Niners draft him, I think is very interesting. Yeah, and I think any of these high-caliber players are probably going to be put on under a microscope regardless. Yeah. So with him, someone probably went through every single tweet he's ever tweeted ever and <laughs> tried to pinpoint the parts where it was most controversial. And obviously, he tweeted that sometime in 2016, so he might have been mm-hmm. 18 at the time. Yeah. And he, he has been openly... Um, he's been open about it completely especially to his first press conference as a 49er. Yeah. The league, the league though, I mean, Kaepernick and the league just settled out of court um, with the whole um, blacklisting thing uh, that, that the league had conspired to keep Kaepernick out of the league. So what's up? I think they did. You think they did? Yeah. That's fine, and they probably <laughs> they they might have. I mean, they settled out of court. So so, what does that say to you? You can make your own interpretations. We didn't get like a an official verdict or anything, but um, the league and and San Francisco is the one who 
released Kaepernick. So um, I don't think it's controversial for them to draft somebody who opposed Kaepernick's stance on the issue mm-hmm. or or who at one point didn't quite understand what the protest was meaning. Um, so I don't think that should be controversial. And I don't think digging up old tweets um, should be... I don't think that should be indicative of where a person is at in their current state. I mean, we look at the Kevin Hart incident with the Oscars, which was a fiasco. Yeah. Um, he had some some off-color remarks uh, against the LGBTQ community, and that whole deal went, went down. He ended up not hosting the Oscars, and he stood by his position that he had grown as a person and that his opinions had changed and that he had been... I mean, he didn't say he had been rehabilitated, but I mean, essentially, he he had changed, and and that's what people do. And I think we should be able to see people for who they are now. I mean, yes, taking into taking into consideration what they've done in the past, but if they're actively changing and trying to progress, and if they're, <clears throat> I don't know, if they if they come out and say how they feel now, I don't feel like we should be taking into account so many of the things that they have said when they were kids or when they were younger. Yeah, um, I agree. I think that, you know, if you have to search and go back years and years to find something on somebody, I think it speaks to um, the growth that they've had. And I believe that people can change. I think, you know, people are, um, especially when you're young and you're in high school, I think like if anybody was to look at when they were in high school and, and look at themselves now, I think there'd be a vast difference. Um, but I think people's actions speak if they were willing to do that at some point and, you know, that goes away. I think that speaks to the growth that you want or maybe they're just smart enough not to you know, put insensitive things online. But you got I think you to some degree have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that, you know, this somewhat cancel culture and this idea that we can you're responsible for everything that you've ever done at any point and you can't grow from that um, is a little silly to me but so i agree with you um and in your point there ty um so <laughs> next topic is not going to be still going to be serious we'll get to jokes in a little bit but um <laughs> luke walton is now the coach of the kings after being let go or mutually parting ways with the lakers i should say following magic out the door um (laughs) and it came out earlier this week that he is being charged and accused of sexual assault by a reporter in la and so and this is like a depressing news cycle here (laughs) sheesh it's been a it's been a a tough yeah sports has not had a good uh image these past couple days yeah so um while the facts of this case are are still coming out and they're fairly new i think we kind of want to avoid whether we think he did it or not, but just talked about how the Kings and maybe the league should handle the situation while that investigation is going on and potentially a trial is going on. Obviously, they're not going to be doing anything until training camp in September, and then the league starts again in October. So um, how should the Kings handle it, and what do you think is the best course of action for them? Well, I think the first thing to note is the Kings wouldn't hire him if they had this pre-existing knowledge. Yes, that's the most important thing to realize from a, from their perspective yeah. that they just didn't hire him without like this was something that came up after the fact. I think that the Kings just need to do what they have to with regards to anything that involves police as well as the investigation. They could be open with it, but I think they have such little knowledge that how much can they really 
be involved in this process. Like, I think at the time, if I'm not mistaken, he was with the Warriors when this occurred. Yeah, so I believe it was right before, or he, it was in May before he took the Laker job. So 2016. So I wonder if that if that's the case, do the Warriors get involved as well as the Lakers for whatever reason? I think the Warriors and Lakers have both issued statements saying that they didn't know. Uh, Lakers said this is before he was hired with us. We didn't have any knowledge of this prior to. And and, and I believe that because I think the young lady said that um, she was scared to come out with it at the time. So it's very possible that it didn't get out until now because she just hadn't spoken to anybody about it. So um, I don't know how or necessarily why the Warriors or Lakers would get involved with it, to be honest. I think, mm-hmm. um, again, it goes to their current employer. Um, the deal got done very quickly. Um, so maybe this speaks to being a little bit more uh, <laughs> due diligence in your hiring process. But Which goes against what we just talked about, about having all kinds of background information and yeah. looking at tweets, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, when you when this information isn't available, it's hard to research it. Um, as far as like, as far as what leagues teams should do, I feel like there's two kinds of, there's two thoughts here because there's two governing bodies. There's the legal system, which is outside of sports. And then there's the league system, which is all of the issues that happen internally. And there are two different ways to punish. I mean, the legal system, the judiciary system, um, that goes through due process, courts, juries, judges, et cetera, the league is kind of judge, jury, and executioner. And so I think the two should be separate. However, I feel like the leagues, this is my personal opinion here, and it doesn't apply to, it's not a blanket statement over all allegations, but mm-hmm. um, because some court cases are dropped, some some allegations are dropped. But um, I feel that if someone is found guilty in the court system, obviously the league's going to take action. However, if there's no verdict, like what we're seeing right now with Luke Walton, I feel like I don't feel that a suspension is out of play here, even though the team isn't playing right now. I feel like they could keep him away from all team activities while this is still going on. And then if nothing comes back from it, then reinstate him as coach and take away the suspension and and you all go on your way. But obviously, if he's convicted in the legal system, then you've got to take other action even if there's no jail time, even if there's no fines or whatever. Um, so I think there's two different governing bodies and they, they work differently. Do you think that even if he comes back with, not that I'm saying he's not guilty by any means, but if he comes back without ever having any issues, do you think there's this misconception of who he is as a person now that he's kind of been labeled as this type of person? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I think so. The court of public opinion doesn't fact check, so I think that you're gonna have a handful of people that hear that he gets charged with sexual assault, and are, that label will stick to him whether he's guilty or not in the court of law, whether he actually did it or not. Um, which is a little bit more murky because I don't know if we can really. I mean, you know, even if I and yeah, never mind. Um, I was to say it, it's hard to really know what happened because it's in his hotel room. So there's two people there. And so mm-hmm. whichever side of the story you believe, um, you roll with. And so I think there's going to be plenty of people that just assume that this is true, whether the case gets dropped, whether he gets charged, whether he's not charged, whatever the case may be. So 
So if you're Vivek or Vladdy and you're having these kinds of conversations after the fact, what is your objective? Are you talking, you know, he's already got this misconception. Is he a one and done? Like, we'll let him coach a year. And regardless of what happens, because they're not going to win the NBA championship next year, regardless with what happens. Like, they're a good team. They're a good up and coming team. Yeah. And if he can really turn them around to a six seed, a five seed, a four seed, whatever, does it even matter? Well, I, I mean, winning cures all. So I think the this idea that, oh, we'll, we'll have him coach this season and then we'll fire him and move on sounds great. And then they're a surprise team and now they're the two seed next year, right? And, you know, maybe they go to the Western Conference Finals. They don't win a championship, but they're like, oh, they're banging on the door. Now there's a little pressure to, to fire him after that one year, and I think a lot can change. So I think if you have the mindset that this is not who we want to represent our team and to be on the sidelines and to be one of the, you know, the, on the front lines of who the Kings are, and that's an idea of we're going to do one year and fire him, then I think you should fire him now because there's no reason and there's no point to tempt yourself to keeping him because they did he did well. If that's the stance you want to take and you got to take it now. I don't think it makes any sense for them to wait. Um, I agree. Yeah. Same. <laughs> no use in having it hang over your head all year. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one to to. It's it's going to be a difficult case because, like you said, it's it's one on one in a hotel room, um, and there are movements uh, going on nowadays about um, that you need to believe all all of these women's uh, cases that they bring forth. Um, because they're courageous, et cetera, et cetera. And um, while, yes, it does take a lot of courage to come out and say something like that, um, it's been it's been five years since the incident, and there are three. Three? I thought yeah. it was 2014. 2016. 2016. Oh, I thought it was 14. Whew. Thank you guys for fact-checking me we, there. We fact-checked yeah. without any computers. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one, and I don't know. I'm glad I'm not in that situation personally. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would just, uh, it's, you got to talk um, and you have to communicate and just really make sure that you alleviate yourself, putting yourself in a situation like that um, if you're Walton or any person moving forward. Um, it's just, it's, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, and it could be, I mean, who knows? Like Luke Walton hasn't had the best track record as a head coach outside of the games he coached with the Warriors. So <laughs> this could be... Um, even if he's not guilty and that public perception comes in, like teams might actually just stay away because, you know, he has doesn't have a, a proven track record as a head coach. Um, he got LeBron James, albeit he got hurt, but didn't make the playoffs, and that's the first time he hasn't made the playoffs since like his rookie year. So, you know, you just got to. I think you have to move smarter and and just really make sure that you're communicating and just have open lines of of communication with your partner, whoever that might be. Just to avoid the situation completely. Yeah, and I think within within team organizations, it, there needs to be uh, clear lines of communication of who to approach about what issues. Um, I don't know what teams are doing nowadays to open those lines of communication because I know more and more uh, women are being hired into the NBA and into other leagues. Um, but I think that that should be an initiative that is taken head on, that there should be clear ways and clear people to discuss these types of uh, sexual assault or any type of inappropriate behavior in the workplace. I think there should be definitely a clear line to to get those things out there without repercussions. 
because I mean that's why she took so long to come out and say these things is because she she felt scared. She'd been in the job for a year, and Luke was he was who he was. So, yeah. all right, well, let's have some fun. Let's do it. Finally, <laughs> Woo! It's, it's heavy. The tension's building in the room. Man, I'm <sighs> sweating over here, <laughs> thinking I might say something wrong. No, no, we gotta. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you got to speak your truth. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll kick it to you, Ty, with the brand new dry fit Blue Jays tee on. I'm sporting the Jays today. I mean, I might be a Jays fan. Vladdy Jr. walking up to Old Town Road is <laughs> the best thing that's happened to baseball since steroids, in my opinion. But, it you know, topped the charts <laughs> yesterday. It was great. I mean, yeah. Yeah. One, I don't think he speaks English, <laughs> so <laughs> for him to pick that song is even better. Um, but, I mean, there was a buzz around uh, Vladdy Jr. yesterday. They got non-baseball me to pay attention, and I was like, oh, did he get a hit? Did he hit the home run? We talked about it after our baseball game yesterday, and kind of everybody was interested to see what happened. Well, Sad we missed it. Blue Jays fans have been waiting for quite some time to see the big fella come up to bat. Yeah, and well, he's been smoked some dingers. Yeah, he's been featured on all the social channels for years, for a couple of years now. Uh, he's been on their all their social channels, so it's like we've been building up all this anticipation. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. I, and I think it's uh, I don't like this new rule where you get you can hold them until a certain point, and then you get them for an extra year, and blah blah blah. And, and the players don't like it either, obviously. No. Yeah, but the dude's been hitting eight hundred in double A, triple A. So like, <laughs> at some point, you got to move. That's an actual up. statistic. <laughs> you got to move them up. There. We don't have to fact check that. Yeah, one. that was yeah. fact checked. That's, that's just known. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was great. I think it was great to have his dad there um, in his press conference. I think he said he was giving the ball, the bat, his glove, like everything to his dad, and, and just really paying homage. And walking in in the Expos jersey was pretty cool too. Yeah, there was I a think, great yeah. video that went viral yesterday of a uh, little like memoir to Vla Vlad Jr. from Vlad Sr., yeah. which was awesome to see. And obviously Vlad Sr. is just such a respected former you know hall of fame baseball player canadian well played for the expos so. played for the expos yeah. yeah and he was uh temporarily signed to the jays uh spring training roster mm. this year no <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe junior Do had a some say throwback. on the senior yeah yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah I, I mean i know it's got to be special for vlad senior being there so oh, yeah. getting a little personal Shout out to my dad because growing up, I wanted to play pro ball and my dad gave me every opportunity that I could be get that a kid could be given. I mean, the best bats, the best gloves, the best cleats, everything in order to succeed. And I know that if I was in Vlad Jr.'s situation, all the credit would be to my dad because he's the one who was giving me all this stuff. And so I would I'd for sure do the same thing as Vladdy Jr., Giving him my glove, my ball, first hit, all that stuff. I think that's I think that's super cool, and I think that it's cool that nowadays there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of fathers who are missing from their kids' lives. Yeah, and so I think it's really cool to see a father who's there for his kid, who was there growing up, and who's inspired him and. Vlad Jr. respects his dad enough to do that stuff for him. So I, th I think that's really cool. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Ty's moonshot from yesterday that still hasn't landed from our softball Ooh, game. Ooh, I had a mammo jack yesterday on the softball game, <laughs> by the way. Flip the bat right over the, the river. <laughs> Chili dip that sucker. <laughs> it's back. 
is back. 30, 30, back. 30 minutes in. We won't back. tell him what happened in my next AB. It'll be all right. Nah, yeah. There's no video. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no video evidence. <laughs> um, so I think Vlad was cool, and he might have got overshadowed yesterday by Kevin Durant scoring 38 points in the first half. Mm. I was texting my friends yesterday. I was like, yo, I was trying to build suspense. I was like, yo, Kevin Durant has 38. Dot, dot, dot. And it's only halftime. <laughs> he might go for 80. <laughs> um, so he ended up with 50. And the Warriors won pretty easily last night. Um, and so. I mean, Lou going three for 20 isn't a nice <laughs> little stat Lou there. Struggle. Not the best stat line. Like he, like. Go go ahead, Clay. Talk your defense. Like if Clay don't win, get all all the team first first team all defense at some point. It's this is blasphemous. Like I, I mean, he's, at what point are we going to continue to say he's the best two way one of the best two way guards in the league, and then he's just not on any of these all defensive teams? <laughs> <laughs> like he he's Kawhi ish. Like ooh, so who's beating who's beating him out for that spot right now? On the All-NBA team. Because well, I, I, couldn't, all I couldn't tell team, you. On the All-NBA team, it's just like people who score more. So Harden's going to get it, Curry, Westbrook. It's the guys who get triple-doubles. Yeah. <laughs> the triple-double triple game. The stat chasers. Triple-double game. Um, and I don't know if he's first-team All-NBA, but defensively, yeah. I, I mean, at some point, we got to recognize that. And he's kind of been – the fact that he is that good at defense and can guard – point guards a lot of the time because Curry is not a great defender. Um, so who are your five guys? That'd be your, that'd first be your team first team. team. Yeah. I'm going super lanky. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put Clay at the point. Uh, <laughs> hot, uh, hot take. <laughs> Short arms, Clay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you just want a lot of length for me. So I would go Giannis, Embiid, Kawhi, and LeBron. And Clay? And Clay. Now let me throw this hot take out to you. Okay. I, I know Man, you left I'm, out some key, cause, cause key I, players. Are there. we on hot ones? We're on hot ones right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm on wing number eight. Guys. <laughs> I, I know your boy Jimmy mm. has been playing pretty nice this year. Mm. Do you like Clay over Jimmy? Um, That's interesting. That's a good one. And while you think about that, let me throw another one out there. Okay. Rudy Gobert over Embiid. That. Okay. For, for, for <laughs> Jimmy, stumped him. For Jimmy Butler, him. I think that. I think Clay on the Warriors is a better fit. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily trade Jimmy Butler for Clay Thompson and or make that swap right now. Okay. I think that Jimmy is a little bit more versatile offensively. Um, but I think and I would give him maybe just a smidge better as my favorite player um defensively. So that's tough, but I would go Clay on the Warriors and this team and how he fits and his ability to shoot the three, I think it's just better. So I'm not switching them. Not gonna um, switch your five, not gonna put not Jimmy switching in there my instead five. of Clay. Um Sticks and, to his guns. And then, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I, I just wanted him to think. That's all I cared about. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't do a whole lot of that. So, um, With Gobert, I think strictly defensively, you might give me the switch on that one. Um, mm. But I don't think you have to take Embiid out at certain times because Embiid gets attacked defensively. 
and maybe that's just because offensively he can make up for it. But well, when he's allowed to throw elbows left and right, oh, that was fine. That wasn't that bad. Too <laughs> soft. Yo, here's the problem. Here's the problem. You can't be mad at that elbow and then lose by fifty in your closeout <laughs> game. Like, nah. What happened to all that fire and that passion? Get to bring some of that to the court. Like, they got dog walked. <laughs> Didn't see a lot of salsa dancing on the bench that yeah, day. Yeah, no, they salsa right back to Brooklyn <laughs> to clean out their lockers because they're done. Um, okay, so question for you now then. Who had the more impressive 50? Durant closing out the Clippers or Lillard closing out OKC? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting concept right now because obviously living in Oregon I'm seeing a lot of Portland related things bias alert yes but you did wear a lot of red today. I did wear a lot of red <laughs> and black <laughs> out in a Canadian yeah. red outfit right now flannel what else you got on over there I didn't know you were gonna bring the seat today little Jordan. Jordan. Little Jordan with Woo, the flannel side so he was gonna talk ball and the north the red hey. shoes too man he is killing the game right now um so the question was about Dame or Dame or Durant. Dame or Durant. More impressive fifty. I'm personally more impressed with Dame's fifty only because his first half was one of the most impressive first halves I've seen a guard play um, in a closeout game. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the shot that was in quotations a bad shot, in my opinion, <laughs> was not because I think that's that's Dame's range. That's something he's been practicing. However, KD's, I'm not discounting the fact that he did something amazing last night. I think that KD has more support on his team. So a supporting cast, it's way better than whatever Dame has to deal with. Like, Chief in a corner is different than Clay in a corner. You never want Clay to put Clay in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm the opposite because I think Durant's 50 is a... I didn't have to play much of the fourth quarter 50. <laughs> no biases here. Yeah. I, but like, it's not like the Warriors are a favorite team or anything. No. And, and this right. is I, not to take anything away from Dan's. <laughs> that was a bad shot, though. Um, <laughs> only because that's, that's a shot he can take tied. And I don't think down one, he takes the same shot. And so to me, that makes it a bad shot. Not to say that he can't make that shot and that's not in his range. I think that was a, I have a lot of security blanket in five minutes of OT coming if I miss shot, but it's a great shot. Um, I think he said something at the end of the game, which was interesting where he said, I don't want the refs to have to dictate whether or not we win or lose. Mm -hmm. And if he, and if he drove the ball and in most parts of that game, he wasn't getting a lot of calls. Yeah. So I think it's the right approach for him because first of all, he's a very talented player and he's super confident in himself. Absolutely. He's from Oakland. So, you know, yeah, lots of biases that's, that's in a, this that's, take. That's a bias. <laughs> like I'm bias torn. Yeah, man. I got hometown team versus my hometown versus guy. hometown player. Well, he played at Weber State, which is in the same state as where I went to undergrad. Okay. And now he's playing in the same state where I go to overgrad school. <laughs> I was gonna say upper grad, but I don't think that's correct. So yeah, um, I'll go Dame. Yeah. I mean, I also like. I think Durant's is a little better because it got the Rockets. Like, we need to get to San Francisco stat. Like, we're gonna go before this series is even over and just sit and wait. Mm. So, um, I, again, but I don't think the I don't think Curry necessarily had a good game. Clay didn't necessarily have a good game. 
and I think they had 76, I want to say, at halftime, and he had 38. So his 38 had him up 15, 20 points, and I think Dane's 50 was like we had to sneak out on a buzzer beater. But That's I think 73 at halftime. Fact check. Even better. So he had 38 <laughs> of 73. But I think we need to give a special shout out to Pat Bev and Lou Will. <laughs> oh my gosh. For that's great. an amazing series. And yeah. my and my boy from the north, Gilgis Alexander, yeah. for showing up as a rook. <laughs> I, I will say Clippers played an impressive series and I think uh unfortunate for them the Warriors had lost the series three one. So I think the thirty one point comeback stung a little extra and, and gave the words a little extra motivation not enough to win at home um but um i don't think they were gonna have any more 3-1 jokes at their expense so the clippers fought um again i love lou will and, and pat beverly like what could you do differently they're like well, we tried <laughs> there's nothing else we could do he's special um and i mean they're right so yeah okay um we are Getting late on time, but I don't want to skip over WNBA signing a deal with CBS um, to show an additional 40 games during their season. I think that's big. I think they're starting to get more and more coverage, and um, the NBA players are seeming to back them. I'm not sure how much backing the NBA is actually doing, but um, it's great to see that they're going to get a lot, a lot more exposure um, for their season. And hopefully that leads to more money for their players so they're not having to play year-round just to make ends meet because they don't make a lot during the WNBA season. Yeah, well, they go to Europe to play, and they make more money over in Europe than yeah, they make they here. Yeah, Europe, Asia, all the places. And Brianna Stewart just tore her Achilles playing in. Oh, my goodness. Playing somewhere in Europe. I think it was like Russia or something. Well, I think that and we're probably going to fact check that, but maybe not. But I'm on it. All right. <laughs> um, but I think that the important part about this TV deal is that there's a few things to think about. More exposure for basketball fans to be able to watch the WNBA yep. and more money going towards the players. Yeah, I think those are the two key things to take away from this particular deal. Uh, for me, at least, being a basketball fan, I've had very little exposure to watching the WNBA except for maybe within the last two years when I started to uh, actually purchase uh nba league pass where they were showing a lot of the games wow. so for me um i was able to watch a lot of the games during the summertime and that was something that was great for me but i didn't even realize the x's and o's of the competitiveness of the WNBA until i started to watch more and more of it and enjoy it yeah um i think one of the cool things that i got to do is, is do a practice team uh the women's practice team in arizona and that kind of sparked uh my watching a little bit uh, not a ton but um last year the suns and no excuse me the mercury and the storm were playing mm -hmm. in the in the playoff series yeah that, yeah, was, that was a crazy that series was a really really fun series to watch and um, sue hitting those big shots <laughs> sue big baller bird no okay my bad <laughs> um no i i, I thought it, that was really entertaining and so um I look forward to being able to see a couple more games. Um, although I feel like sometimes with DirecTV now we have CBS and sometimes we don't. It kind of just depends on what's on. Um, but I know I don't have ABC, so I won't be able to see. Is it the finals? Is it going to be on ABC? Uh, the All-Star All game. game. So, um, yeah. But again, big news. And it's it's great to see that they're getting a new TV deal and hopefully that spikes uh, some payment whenever their CBA is up and they can renegotiate. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't watch men's basketball right yeah. now, so, <laughs> so I highly doubt that I'll be watching any WNBA. But hey, if there's money to be made and people are willing to watch it and pay for it, get them all the money they deserve, all the money they can. Well, I'm, I'm all for it. A lot of people are like, I prefer college basketball or like NBA, and they kind of waver that way. So maybe you just like WNBA and not the NBA. So this could be your launching know. pad. You're going to be a WNBA fan and a big esports gamer. WNBA could be like my gateway drug into the sport. There you go. <laughs> all right. Um, well, that's going to be all. Wait, also, Sorry. one little, last little fact Not check. It was a Katerinburg, Russia. So It was Russia. It was mm, Russia. Look at that. Very nice EuroLeague championships. We're like just Google in the mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Ask Jeeves in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we bring back Ask Jeeves? Ask Jeeves if you want to sponsor one of the podcasts coming forward. That's, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, okay, well, as we, we're going to wrap it up. Um, for those who make it this far, thank you for listening again. Once again, thank you for everybody for supporting the first episode that we had. Um, your support and the feedback that we got locally was the reason why we got really excited to come in and do one this week instead of waiting every other week. So, as long as everybody's in town, we will we will make sure that we get uh, something to you every week. Um, congratulations to the Ducks that got drafted uh, in the NFL draft. To this point, we had Justin Holland and Ugo Amadi get drafted. So congratulations to them and the best of luck moving forward. Still waiting on Dylan. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. I want Jalen Jokes. Um, just his name is great, and so he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he's got an NFL caliber name. And the Raiders didn't take a quarterback, so if Derek Carr sucks this year, um, you know. You can take the the Ducks QB. Take Justin. Shout out to the greatest (laughs) name in the NFL right now. Quarterback out of North Dakota State, Easton Stick. Easton Stick. Yeah. That's a spelled exactly how it sounds too. (laughs) If Easton doesn't sponsor him, like I'm just saying. (laughs) I know. I know. It would be better if it was stick with a Y instead of an I. Yeah, his his dad was a baseball player. He's like, Yeah, I I used Easton sticks. So I'll just name him Easton. Just go with that. Call it good. He was a hockey player. Yeah, that was definitely a name from the dad, not the mom. The mom was rolling her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> she got tricks. <laughs> the mom's long gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's her name, actually. She's long gone. Yeah. <laughs> With Easton Stick. All right. That's, uh, that's episode two. That's Day a before a podcast. Thanks. We'll see you guys. All right. That's, uh, that's episode two. That's Day before a podcast. Thanks. We'll see you guys.